Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor dot fm recording platform super easy distributes our podcast to many many different platforms there's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer check out anchor.fm or download the free anchor app to get started This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Use promo code PNF20 to save 20% off your jig order. Hello, and welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast. This is Adventures with Outdoor Woman, and here's your host, Mrs. Susie Roloff. So yeah, uh, tell us a little bit uh, about you, your background, um, where you're from, where you grew up, how did you get into kayak fishing, uh, what you're involved with right now, um, any sponsors, and uh, what you're uh, working toward for future endeavors. Awesome. Uh, Well, like you said, I'm Erin Mathis. I live in Holiday, Utah. Um, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and I literally did zero fishing there. And it wasn't actually until I came to Utah about 12 years ago, I met some people who liked to fish, went out a couple times on a boat and immediately fell in love with it. Um, It wasn't something I felt like I could do unless I was on a boat for some reason. So I kind of was off and on with it for a while and um, was trying to get more into the outdoors. Utah's a beautiful place. We've got mountains and rivers and lakes and it really is gorgeous here. And so bought a kayak and kind of started just fishing around. Didn't even realize that kayak fishing was a sport. I just did it for fun and found a Facebook page for kayak fishing Utah. And once I joined that, I noticed that they had tournaments. This was 2017, I believe. And uh, as soon as I started the tournaments, I realized I was actually pretty decent at fishing. I was kind of had a a good understanding of it um, and was winning a lot. And I ended up taking Angler of the Year for the first year in in Utah and um, really enjoyed it, had a blast. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I I qualified for national championships where I met you. Oh man, that first day was so awesome for you. I loved it. (laughs) 
your face after that first day was like by far one of my favorite memories. <laughs> but um, oh, so cool. Um, so national championships was definitely one of the coolest experiences I've had. Um, I last year went through a divorce that uh, crushed me and kayak fishing. I just dove into it and I did it almost daily. I was out on the water for me, hanging out with other people by myself. It didn't matter. I just wanted to get out on the water, started taking my dog on the water. Her name is Hobie and <laughs> I ride a Hobie. <laughs> so started taking her on the water with me. Um, promised myself I would do, I think I made a calendar. Um, Rebecca Golden gave me this idea. Actually, she had a calendar set out. Um, I think about her often actually. And I was watching one of her videos and it was like, these are my, these are my travel dates. And then she had a list of all of her baits and she's like, if I get low, anyway, I kind of took that. I adopted her, her theory and I made a big calendar and I had 32 tournaments on it last year or this year, sorry, 2019. Nice. This year. And so I traveled to California, which is a 12 hour drive each way, every time, um, five, four or five times this year. I can't remember at this point. And I think I did 25 tournaments this year. So not the 32, but man, I went hard. I promised myself I was going to do as many as I possibly could. I almost got burnt out, but, uh, yeah, here we are. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. I uh, kind of did a little bit of the same thing this year where uh, I just went, I went big, you know, this year, I went to a lot of different tournaments and it was both uh, online and physical tournaments, you know, because yeah. there was three different clubs I was with. I was with Kayak Bass League, Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series, and then I fished uh, the Michigan Kayak Trail with them. And then um, I did a couple of the KBF trail events. I did the St. Clair one. I did the Madison Chain one. I mean, it was it was a crazy year this year. So, so much fun, though, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so worth it. I mean, there were some trips I did and, you know, caught my personal best smallmouth on Lake St. Clair. And, like, the smallmouth fishing this year had just been so unbelievable for me this year. Wow. So. So awesome. That's so, so cool. Awesome. You guys have a bunch of options out there. Unfortunately, Kayak Fishing Utah, which I now own and operate, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yay. Um, um, that was That's the only club around here. Yeah, I can go up north to Idaho. There's um, uh, a couple clubs up in Idaho. Arizona's still a little too far. And then, like I said, the KBF trails, I really wanted to travel to those because the California guys are just way too much fun. So, uh, yeah, that was always a blast. <laughs> so, uh, tell me more about uh, how you got the uh, Kayak Fishing Utah started and uh, who's all involved with you with that? Um, so, uh, a gentleman started Kayak Fishing Utah and he just started as a Facebook page, I believe. And um, it got to the point where it really wasn't fun for him. He didn't fish the events. He was just kind of, um, it was his business and, um, it kind of just got to a point where it wasn't fun for him. And so I offered along with my buddy, Joe Randall, um, shoot fish life as his, he's got some hilarious videos should check him out. But, um, him and I actually co-own kayak fishing Utah now. And, um, we run it as a full nonprofit now. So we don't take any cut. Sure, we pay judges. So, um, you know, Miss Holly Bombach out in California. We, she, she's typically our judge. She's so awesome. I love her. Um, 
And uh, it's just to keep it unbiased. I want to make sure that I can fish the events as well. If I'm going to put the effort into it, I want to be able to fish them. But mm-hmm. I don't want to be the judge. I don't want to leave any room for error there. So um, like I said, we're nonprofit now. We've, we're going to rebrand it this, this coming season. Um, we have 50 members last year. I'm hoping we can get a lot more than that this year. Um, we had, we had well over hundred people that fished it, but as far as members go, there was 50 of us. And, um, we're also going to launch a kayak fishing Utah junior league. So I'm so excited for this. Um, so, um, I recently started, uh, dating most amazing man and, uh, he's got two young kids who I've been taking fishing a couple times. And of course the inspiration came from them. And so, we started this junior, we're going to start this juniors league up and it's not to win for money. It's more for the experience. They'll just be paying attorney X fee. Um, but at, but we'll keep, we will keep, uh, I apparently have somebody at the door. Hold on a <laughs> for money. It's like I said, just attorney XP to get the experience, get them more comfortable with the adults. We actually had a nine-year-old who competed in almost all of our tournaments this year. And I don't know if he ever submitted a fish, but that kid fished his butt off. Like, and that, yeah, he was so awesome. And so we, we gave him a membership for free this year and uh, to be, to join the adults if he wants to. But, um, so we're going to keep AOI points and give away a kayak to a kid at the end of the year. I think that's amazing that's some motivation so, <laughs> so um are they coming out with their parents to kayak fish how is that working <laughs> yeah so they'll definitely have to fish um the parents are going to have to be next to them if their parents want to fit so they're going to fish the same exact dates and tournaments that we fish oh, it'll awesome. just be alongside so if their parent wants to fish the actual tournament they'll have to fish next to their kid i'm fine with them giving advice and stuff um you know, angler responsibility. We hope everybody stays um, honest and everything. And, and you, you know, you just got to put faith in people. Um, but we're, but yeah, parents will be out there. Um, I think it'll just be a good experience. We have a lot of kids that want to join and I think they're just um, afraid of the adult scene. Plus it's expensive if you aren't an experienced angler. So just giving them a, an option to fish a little less, a little cheaper and have that experience of the uh, competition. So oh. That's but, awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, to see that. Hopefully you guys will have uh, lots of uh, photos and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, when's the first event for that? Uh, we actually have um, Sand Hollow will be in April, and that's going to be a KFU event, plus KVF is holding a trail here on that same day. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it's our first KBF trail event in Utah. Uh, Chad got a hold of me a couple months ago and, and said, where's your best fishery? And hands down, it's Sand Hollow, which is in southern Utah. It's a little bit of a drive for us northern folks, but so worth it. Right. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's so awesome to hear. And I mean, the fact that you guys had 50 members and what, how many years have you been going now with uh, Kite Fishing Utah? Dude, that is that is amazing 
to have yeah, that many members. We over doubled so. from the first year. And then I think we're just going to keep moving. We've got so many people interested. And uh, Joe Randall, the, the co-owner, um, he helped me run. We hosted a free um, introduction to kayak fishing event this year. I barely knew what I was doing at the time, but I felt like I had enough knowledge that I could share it with people. And my goal was to get more women involved, more children, and just get anybody who wants to get involved, like a better idea of, of the tournament scene or how to rig your kayak or what's best for you, or it's not as scary as it seems. Cause I remember my first tournament and yeah, <laughs> I was shaking. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, what am I supposed to throw? Like, yeah. how am I supposed to pull this fish on this board? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. That's, that is yeah. so awesome. That's so awesome to hear. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about uh, what do you have for uh, a kayak and uh, gear and such? So I just sold my uh, PA-14. I had a 2018. Um, so I had a Hobie PA-14. Just sold it because I'm getting the 360. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to be rocking a 360 this season. Um it's in talks. I'm really hoping to be on a Hobie team sometime soon. Not Nothing's set in stone for sure. Um, it actually is kind of a big hill to climb. We'll get there. But, um, yes. So that's, yes. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. That's been like one of my main goals since I started. I was like, I've got to be on the Hobie team for sure. So. Oh, yeah. But, well, hey, I'll, I'll pull for you. I'll contact whoever I need to for you. <laughs> Um, and then I actually only have, um, one other sponsor, it's Maniac Custom Lures and they make a fantastic soft plastic. Um, I probably throw them 95% of the time. I'm not going to say I throw them hundred percent of the time cause I'd be lying, but, uh, <laughs> you gotta throw crankbaits and other things, but, uh, yeah, no, they're fantastic. And, um, I'll be sticking with them as long as they'll have me. Um, as far as other gear, um, I normally roll with like six rods. I have three um, bait casters and three um, spinners. And um, I throw a lot of Dobbins rods. Um, Shimano is probably my favorite reel. And then my favorite rod I have is a drop shot rod from Alpha Angler. And uh, yeah, if I could put that thing in bed with me at night, I probably would. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely my baby. <laughs> Nice, very nice. <laughs> what uh, what color three sixty are you getting? Are you getting the green or the blue? I think I'm gonna get the blue. Yeah, nice. yeah. My boyfriend um, wants one too, and he wants the blue, and we're like, oh, we can't have the same color. But I'm like, <laughs> it's just gonna happen. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, like what they came out with the blue one. I was like, oh man, that is so awesome. And then they came out with the green one. I was like, oh. And like, I know I'm having, I wanted the blue. I've wanted the blue, like the Outback blue for the longest time. Um, I wrote Hobie and asked them to make a pop pink one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they haven't yet. I don't know why. <laughs> right. <laughs> so honestly, I might wrap it in hot pink at some point. I have hey. no idea. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> so, we'll see. <laughs> Um, what, uh, what are some of your favorite techniques? Uh, drop shotting is by far something that I, I don't want to say I mastered it, but, um, it's definitely, I throw it majority of the time. Um, uh, I, yeah, 
I don't know. I like uh, Ned rigging is something I got more into at the end of the season. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> and uh, thanks to Catherine Field, I, I think you met her recently too. <laughs> she talked me into Ned rigging. Um, so I started throwing that at the end of my season and had some had some more luck with it. It was just something I hated doing. And I think I portrayed that through my line and the fish felt it. So um, never really caught much off that and started doing that. Um, tubes, man, I love tubes. Uh, small mouth, large mouth, doesn't matter. Um, um, I'm not really, I'm much more of a finesse fisher than anything. Uh, there's certain times of the year where, you know, um, spinner baits, crank baits, top water, that all works. Um, oh, secret, I'm going to tell you, and anybody watching is going to laugh. I've never caught a fish on top water. What? Yeah. Oh. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> that is like my ultimate favorite technique out here is top water. Like I just, once that frog and plopper bite, the plopper bite out here is, oh God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like am embarrassed saying it, but I noticed again, it's kind of like the Ned rig. Um, I would only, I'm impatient. I only throw it a few times. I don't get a hit. I put it away for the rest of the day. And so yeah. it's, it's definitely my own fault. I'm not going to say, oh, there's no top water bite here. Sure. It's less, I think, than the Midwest or, um, sure. you know, that area. We don't have a lot of foliage here. Not that that yeah. matters, but I feel like there's a difference in, in you know, terrain oh, yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's definitely my own fault. I defeated myself in top water, but I will next year. It was on my bucket list this year. And now we're iced over. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, like uh, come in April, uh, is it still going to be pretty cold uh, out in your area? What's uh, what's going to be like? Yeah. So Southern Utah is desert, um, sand dunes, all that stuff. So they do get some snow, but they don't freeze over like we do up here. Um, we've already got ice fishing going on, um, have for probably a month now. And so yeah, we have to drive like five or six hours south. And so it'll be chilly in the mornings. The water temperature will probably be mid 50s or 60s. Um, but the bite will still be there. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty good down south up here. It's yeah, it's, we're still iced over. So <laughs> That's insane. I mean, like we've been in like maybe the mid 40s. But uh, a lot of the lakes around me, they closed to uh, fishing because it's waterfowl season. So if uh, I wanted to go somewhere fishing, I'd have to drive like an hour and a half to two hours to go somewhere. So, gotcha. yeah. No, they, <laughs> they allow waterfowl season and fishing at the same time here. So. <laughs> I know. It'd be nice if they did that because I'd love to see what Banner would be like in the fall. But, eh, well, you know kind of take precedence so yeah. yeah totally get that we yeah. do have a two really cool um hot spring lakes here Ooh. and uh, they've got bass in them and oh, so nice. the water is like mid 70s it's snowing around you and you're catching big bass but it's quite a drive from where i'm at but it is it is a treat it's really a cool um if you ever get a chance to do something like that it's it's definitely really cool big bass in there so yeah, we've uh, we've got a couple power plant lakes here in Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, one of them's uh, about just about an hour and a half from me. So uh, I've pondered about maybe going there and trying it out sometime. Of course, you know, that's kind of out of my realm of knowing what to do that time of year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm always trying to find different ways to be like, all right, even though I may not do it or know how to do it, uh, let's try to learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 
Just think of water temperature. That's all the fish care about. Right. They eat the same things. (laughs) So. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. But yeah, uh, so yeah, you're definitely qualified for the 2020 National Championship down in Gunnersville. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm so excited. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, any um, uh, any uh, plans for that besides, you know, pre-fishing and whatnot? Just hanging out? Yeah, I um, actually haven't made any plans yet. Um, I, wanna, I think I'm at a camp on the lake. I saw that camping was super cheap. Don't y'all go reserving the camping spots before I get a chance. <laughs> but uh, no, camping's super cheap. I want to get out there um, about a week, week and a half early, um, probably just a week-ish, and uh, get some pre-fishing in. Um, I plan on ordering a few graphs and maps and kind of just doing some... I- I'll tell you what, Louisiana was very humbling for me. Um <laughs> I thought fishing might be pretty similar everywhere and I had never seen, what are they, the, what are the trees there? The cypress trees? I had never seen nor understood a cypress tree until I got there. And, uh, man, that was a cool experience, but also very humbling. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit more research, um, instead of just relying on whatever knowledge I think I have about fishing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sometimes we like to fall back to that, but then other times it's like, yeah, I probably really should learn a few things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's still definitely a, a personal challenge for myself, too, to kind of really understand, uh, you know, maps and charts and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the uh, Worldwide Women's Fishing Federation event, uh, Christine had an awesome seminar there where she kind of talked about, you know, how to read charts and maps and how to use uh, Google Earth Pro to kind of look at the history of maps and stuff. And it it, it blew my mind because I'm just like, why haven't I been using this before? <laughs> right? Yeah, so, that's incredible. I wish I could have made it out there with you guys. Yeah, we totally missed you out there. Yeah. But uh, hopefully uh, we can get you out there uh, next year. For sure. It's a definite. I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. Yep. It was, it was an awesome experience. So yeah, it's we're excited for next year and I think we're going to have, you know, an even bigger crowd than what we did this year. That's so cool. Yeah. I loved watch, um, watching Catherine field her. I mean, she's from here, so I can really relate with her, but, uh, I loved watching her journey with you guys through the, that whole week weekend or whatever it was. And, um, how much it changed her life was just so cool. That's, that's what I want to foster and, and, uh, help, you know, grow the, grow the sport like everyone says but you know sometimes us women just need an extra little well men and women but you know let's stick together (laughs) we need an extra little push and uh, a little pat on the back and support from our from our peers and I think that what you guys put on out there was was phenomenal and I can't wait to be a part of it so awesome yep so glad awesome um (laughs) here what else do I have for you so speaking of you know kind of uh you know, women in this sport, uh, what, it, what has it been like for you, uh, being a woman in this sport, you know, kind of getting the whole kayak fishing Utah together, um, just fishing in general, you know, have you had any, um, negative experiences, positive experiences, you know, kind of talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, 
Yeah, I actually love hearing a lot of different women's stories. Um, Christine obviously is um, very prominent in the uh, social media world and her and I talk every now and then. And when she came out to visit, I had a couple good conversations with her, but um, all might have been positive. I, I honestly can't think of anything negative that's happened. I'm not putting myself out on YouTube yet. So I know that's just opening myself up to more, um, more people, more watchers and, and possible negative comments. But, you know, I do this for me and, um, sure. I, I run a club for other people and I do want to get people into the sport. Um, but I, I, like I said, my, all my situations that I've been in have been super positive. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I also joined kayak fishing Utah when it was almost brand new. So it's almost like I was one of the founding fathers or whatever you want to call it to we, we were all brand new. So we were all right here on a level playing field. So it's not like I came in after there was already an AOI. Like I was the angler of the year for the first year that we had tournaments. Okay. So, so that I think for me that helped out. I'm not, that's, that's not a bragging point. It's more just, uh, it was like, I'm not, I'm not to be messed with, you know, <laughs> but you know, it was just more of a, I'm here. I, I can fish just as well as you. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, child, whatever, if you've got the skills and you've got something to float on, it doesn't matter what it is. Let's fish. And, uh, Utah, we, our club has some of the coolest members, man. I, nobody, we're all competitive, but it's like friendly, fun com com competition. It's not, Oh, I'm better than you. There's no smack talking. There's no, there's nothing that I've seen that's been negative. And so I think that's really been, um, one of the, one of the reasons why I've always pushed forward with the sport and honestly, all the members that I, they're with my family now. I mean, I've met some of the coolest people that I hope are in my lives or in my life forever. Um, so yeah, it's been really positive. I have the only negative experience I ever had with fishing was I did a boat tournament up in Idaho and I'm not saying that boaters are worse. It was just my experience. <laughs> um, I was the only female. We ended up taking like second place and um, none of the other boaters talked to me, like not a single one. And I mean, I tried interacting. It's not like they purposely ignored me, but it was very uh, surface. So, and I'm not saying it's Idaho either. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> just the experience that I went through. But um, so yeah, that's been the only negative. I've had nothing but positive feedback, even taking over the club. Um, the, all the feedback that I've gotten has been, oh, you're making it better. You're doing a great job. We love what you guys are doing. That to me is the validation that I need to know that I could keep pushing forward in the same direction that I'm going. And hopefully we can just make it a bigger and better thing and get everybody involved. So Amazing. That's so awesome to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you? What are your experiences like? Oh man, I've had a, a mixed bag of experiences. Um, because I first got into kayak fishing, just I did it for fun. Um back in 20. I kind of did it a little bit in like 2012, 2013. Nice. And and um, I discovered the world of Hobie in 2014 when uh, my husband took me to a uh, rec show and uh, Quest Water Sports um, was down there having one of their uh, booths and they were showing Hobies and I saw what they could do. And I was just like, oh, my God, I got to have one. Like, what is <laughs> And I didn't know anything else about the kayak fishing world. 
Sure. And, um, I saved up some money and I drove up to Ottawa. It's about an hour and a half from where I live right now. And uh, went up there and got my new blue Hobie Mirage out back at the time. And uh, that's when they uh, they had a flyer there for a kayak fishing tournament. And I was like, a kayak fishing tournament? Like, what is this? This seems awesome. And so I inquired about it and uh, they're like, yeah, we've got a couple going on uh, this season. You should uh, come up in, I think it was in July of 2014 when I competed, um, got the hog trough and everything. And uh, I didn't know, I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, uh, I did catch um, a couple white bass, um, but one of them was really small and I don't think they they might have had a minimum inch limit back then i can't remember but i think like i had like a maybe like a 13 inch white bass and that was all i caught but i was like hey you know i, I did somewhat good and uh then uh, i inquired with the uh, tournament director later on that year i said hey you know can you tell me more about like how do tournaments work you know this was really fun and like all the guys were like super like supportive of me being there they made sure that you know i had everything that i needed and i understood what i was doing and it was it was they were very welcoming you know i remember yeah. that and then um, when I inquired with the main director, I was like, hey, how do these work? He was just like, well, come be on the staff, you know, and you'll learn firsthand. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, they threw me in on board. And uh, so they had like a, um, uh, they had a, uh, a private group and then a Facebook chat. So, you know, they'd kind of be chatting about stuff and they'd be talking about stuff and I'd just be like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. And they're like, it's okay. It's okay. You'll learn, you know, once we uh, have our actual first tournament. So um, that next following year in 2015 was when I actually like competed, competed. And so we had four different events. Um, The first, and it was a multi-species event type thing too. So the first event was uh, pike. And then the second event was either bass or catfish. And then the third event was either bass or catfish. I can't remember which one was which. And then their fourth and final event was the uh, salmon tournament. So, you know, it wasn't just straight bass. It was, you know, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. And so after the first three, I was like, all right, you know, I got a pretty good feel of, you know, how this works and everything. And then um, our final event um, was uh, our salmon event on Lake Michigan, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we had a angler die um, oh. that yeah. So that was a very um, that's at uh, tournament. Yes, oh, yes, yep, at the tournament. He he had somehow got off of his kayak. We don't know if he fell off or if he had a fish on and it pulled him off or whatever. But he he didn't have a dry suit on, but he had a PFD on. And he just, he basically got hypothermia um, because again, that time of year, I mean, the air temperature was probably with the wind and stuff. It was a little chillier. It was probably in the forties maybe. And then the water temperature was maybe 50. So, you know, you're only looking at like, yeah, 90. So you're not even near that 120 roll, but like you fall in that cold of water. I mean, it, it zaps you. Yeah. So um, it was about, it wasn't quite the cutoff time for check-in and I was actually handling check-in at that, uh, that day. 
I'll never forget it. Um, his mom had come up and said, well, hey, you know, have you, uh, his name was Max. And uh, she's like, well, has, uh, has he checked in yet? And I was like, looking over my list. And he was actually the only one who hadn't checked in it. I was like, well, no, he hasn't checked in yet, but we still have got about maybe 15 minutes before you actually need to check in. So maybe he's on his way in. And she's like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll try getting hold of him again. And uh, then it was maybe about 20 after, you know, was when we started getting worried. And um, his parents had tried calling him a few times and it went straight to voicemail. So that was concerning right away. <clears throat> and uh, his car and trailer were still in the parking lot, but no boat. So we're like, okay, we have to start initiating a search so uh, they called the coast guard and got a search started then they got the chopper and started up oh my God. and everything yep and uh it was probably about uh, probably about 30 minutes after we uh initiated the uh coast guard searches uh the i can't remember if it was the chopper or the boat that found him and they said that he was about maybe like 15 or 20 foot away from kayak so he was obviously already in the water and uh, they, they pulled him out and they tried to resuscitate, but he was gone at that point and uh, they brought him back. And uh, when the Coast Guard got back, they told us that, um, you know, he had an EPIRB. And so what that is, it's an emergency personal identification. Basically what it does is you, you like push a button or you flip a switch on it and it's supposed to emit a um, emergency beacon to like local coast guard or whatnot and have like a really um, bright strobe light on it. Well, they said that it was obvious that he had tried to activate it, but it didn't work. Oh, geez. Oh, it, it was very, very hard. Yeah, to kind of go through that and discover that. So it was uh, a very uh, uh, learning uh, uh, opportunity or just, a, you know, it was it was a very it, it was a hard day, you know. Um, yeah, I'm sorry you guys had to go through that. That's tough. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine. That's like my worst fear. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. we take check ins very seriously now. It's if you don't check in, you yep. know you might eventually get kicked from the club because it's safety yeah. is number one. Yes. So. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I, I think people, you know, take that for granted, but, you know, after having that as like, you know, one of my first experiences, you know, it is like my top and first priority, yeah. you know, whether it be for myself or for the clubs that I'm in, you know, and, you know, some guys will be all mad when we're like, Hey, you know, we may need to call it for the weather purposes. And they're like, Oh, it's just a little wind. And I'm like, no, it may be just a little win to you, but you know, if we've got somebody who's brand new on the team, you know, mm -hmm. consider everybody in this, you know, and if they slip over, you know, that's, it's not a good thing to happen. And, yeah. um, uh, actually, uh, back in September, we had another incident. Um, luckily nobody, nobody was hurt, but at the, um, it was the first ever, um, kayak bass, uh, fishing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> okay. Excited doggos. <laughs> and, I don't even know what they're barking at. Oh, uh, a dog walked by. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> they're on it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Get an incident since last September. Um, yeah. The first ever. 
So yeah, so September, it was a two-day um, event, and uh, we had uh, the top five teams from 10 different uh, clubs in Illinois, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan, and uh, we competed at on uh, San, or not San Chris, but um, Newton Lake, uh, kind of down in uh, southern-ish Illinois, and uh, day one, we had a kayak angler who uh, nearly got ran over by a boat. His kayak got ran over by a boat. Oh yeah. He, he had to jump out of his kayak last minute um, because the boat didn't see him. So what had happened is um, the guy was um, sitting in the back of his boat, steering his boat, and then his uh, wife was in the front of the boat, but she was turned around looking at him and they were planing. So, you know, kayaks being the small things that they are, yep, he wouldn't have even seen them. And so um, his name was Brock. He uh, had been watching and, and he had heard the boat, which, you know, was a great benefit to him. You know, he was aware of his surroundings, aware of what was going on, because he kind of kept on looking because he saw that the boat was kind of coming at him. And he's just like, man, are they coming straight at me? Like, I hope they see me. And it's not like he was you know, um, like right up against the shore or anything. He was about maybe 20 feet off of shore and he had a little bit of a camouflage type kayak. It was like a little Pelican. And, uh, sure enough, you know, the boat started turning coming straight at him and he yelled and bailed out of his kayak and boat ran right over him. Oh gosh. That could have been so much worse. Yeah, it could have oh. been a lot worse. So um, but luckily it wasn't. Um, and, uh, being one of the, uh, the, uh, main peoples there. Um, so I initiated calling, um, uh, like DNR to come out and, uh, help out and whatnot. Cause I was like, well, even if nobody got hurt, we still have to like, you know, make a case and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, it was unfortunate, um, that the, uh, the boaters, they didn't have insurance on their boat or anything. So if, um, Brock wanted to try to get some compensation for the gear he lost, cause his phone went in the water, and, you know, he lost rods and stuff, you know, they said he might have to go to small claims for it, but, it um, would cost him more than what it was worth. Right. Oh, but what's really awesome though, is, um, the support that everybody pitched in for after that. Like, I mean, we had a box sitting out on the table and it, the directors hadn't even initiated this. Somebody just came up and said, here's a donation box. We're going to start collecting stuff for him. Oh yeah. Like, and people just start, you know, throwing money in. And then, um, part of the sponsor prizes that we had, I mean, he got like four or five new rods. Um, <laughs> That's people awesome. Were giving him stuff. And like um, uh, Brian Schiller was out there too, who's uh, with Paddle and Finn. And he's mm -hmm. like, dude, I've got another kayak. You can use all my gear. You don't even have to like worry about a thing, you know? And so we, we convinced him enough to stay and fish on day two and uh, whatnot. So, but it was just, it was really awesome to see the, you know, community and camaraderie of all the different anglers come together, you know, to help them out. So that Absolutely. was that was really awesome to see. You know, I mean, I, I've definitely had my fair share of negative experiences, too. Um, you know, being a tournament director, it's it, it's challenging, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, you know, I've, I've been on two different tournament uh, groups for quite a while now. You know, I've been with Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series since 20, well, like the end of 2014, but 2015 was when I uh, started. And uh, this past year in 2019, I had gotten bumped up to like the head director and, um, you know, I've been with them for what, like four and a half years now. And uh, at the end of this season, um, you know, I am just like, you know, I've been involved with a lot of different stuff and I need, I need some more time for me this next season, you know, so I'm uh, going to have to uh, step down from my uh, responsibilities with that. Uh, really? kind of <laughs> Can I, I do it. some, right? Yeah. Do some <laughs> and then um, I've also been a staff member for uh kayak bass league and uh, i'm still going to be hanging out with them for a little bit uh, doing some stuff not quite as heavy as responsibilities but uh next year i'm just like i definitely do need a little bit of a break from uh making the <laughs> the big decisions sure. and absolutely you know i mean i've i've been doing it for so long you know because it, it's been important to me and i i've loved being you know kind of that that part of, you know, helping things grow and making things work. Like I've loved being on the back end of things, but then also, you know, it, it does come with, uh, you know, price and responsibility. You know, you have to deal with, you know, the upset anglers, at, you know, a judging you might have made, you know, hey, you know, the mouth was open. I got to give you that deduction, you know, and they'll be like, oh, well, I wish I knew that because I might have had a better picture. Well, you know, it is angler responsibility. Angler responsibility. It's a, it's a tough one. We, we had our state championship was the first time I really had to deal with that. And, um, a newer angler to our club, he submitted a fish. I can't remember what happened. I think he was touching the tail fin or Uh, some, something to, it was something new this year, but it's still in the rules and we do follow KBF rules just to make it simple all around, except for. Utah's a lot smaller fish. So we allow eight inches and above. <laughs> and some of our, I wanted my only tournament I actually took first at this year. Um, my limit was like 61 inches. That's like how, wow. yeah, that's how small fish we have here sometimes, uh, depending on the lake. But, uh, anyway, we had to deny two of his fish and, um, I can't remember. It might've taken him out of the money and, and he was very, very upset. And I, I mean, I felt for him trust me, like, you know, totally understand. Um, but you're right. It's angler responsibility. I, I, I can't, you can't make, um, exceptions for people cause it's not fair, you know? And, and I think that's what it comes down to. I've got, um, I've got a couple older, um, people in our group that sometimes they always, they always submit fish and the mouth is always open. And, and so like, I'll, I'll message them and be like, Oh, Hey, you're doing so good. I'm so proud of all the fish you caught. Let's work on closing those fish's mouths, you know, and, and just keep it positive. And that's really all you can do because like I said, I can't even make exceptions for them because it's, it's not fair to anybody. So you're right. It's, it's tough place to be in, but I think consistency and transparency is key for running clubs. So exactly. Exactly. So, and you know, it, it's, it's kind of been all I've known kind of since I started getting into the kayak fishing world is being part of staff and everything I've gotten to enjoy, you know, competing and stuff like that. But then I've also had kind of on both sides, you know, competing and directing. So Mm -hmm. 
while I do get to compete in tournaments that I am part of staff on, you know, I still have to, I, I don't get to put in as early, you know, I have to come in exactly. a lot, later. you know, yeah. if there's situations that come up, I have to stop and, you know, figure out what's going on. So, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people don't really, you know, take those things into consideration, sure. you know, and, uh, I'm actually going to be having a, uh, a podcast with a couple other tournament directors. So I'm going to get, uh, AJ, um, oh, nice. Here, I'm gonna oh, get. Oh, God, I bet he's got stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get uh, Tom Mullins on here from Michigan oh. Kayak Trail. I'm going to get uh, Sam Jones from Indiana Kayak Anglers. And we're just going to talk about that. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, what it's like to be a tournament director and what it takes to make sure that the tournament you're competing in runs smooth, you know, and, and what we have to deal with. You know, because, I mean, a lot of times there might be a situation going on that anglers don't even know that happened. You Absolutely. know, you know, it, it's not something that everybody needs to know. But when, you know, somebody might say, oh, well, hey, they uh, they didn't have their PFD on. We have to look into it. You know, we have to take everything into consideration. We can't just, you know, push somebody off and be like, oh, well, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, we, yeah. you know. It's tough. So, you definitely, we have to do our due diligence or else yeah. uh, we're not doing the club justice. And exactly. I mean, it's, it's for money. It's for bragging rights. It's for personal growth. There's so many things that come along with this sport. If it was just for fun, it might be a different story, but that's, I mean, there's so much more that goes into it. You, you got some people that want to make a career out of this. You can't yeah. take these things lightly. And, and I know a lot of our people do this for fun and they're like, it's just for fun. Like really like the mouth was barely open. Well, I get it, but you know, <laughs> and I totally yep. understand. And I was laughing cause you were, you were talking about how you got to deal things within. There was one tournament this year. We had a couple new people and they were brand new. And, uh, I probably got over 200 Facebook messages as I'm answering their questions during the tournament. <laughs> and, and I'm to totally fine with it. I, you know, right. you know, sure. I please read your, the rules beforehand, but, uh, I only want to help people learn and understand. And so I, that's fine. You know, yep. I'll, it's just the things that we deal with. And as long as I get to fish and enjoy that part of it, I will stay here as long as it doesn't impede on my family, you know, and my personal life. So yep. Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah. And you know, that's been the other part of it too, is, you know, some people learn in so many different ways, you know, you might have people who sit there and, and have read the rules 30 times, but then when they actually put things into application, you know, it may not click for them right away. So sometimes they need either the hands-on experience or somebody to show them. And then finally they get that light bulb moment and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> Like that, you know, so, done this the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sometimes, you know, it's just you know a matter of you know how you handle things too, you know. Because I mean, I've been on both ends of you know having faced you know not so good uh, judgment calls and mm -hmm. not so good, um, um, not necessarily like directors in a sense, but you know, though sometimes you know situations could have been handled a little bit differently. Yeah. But again, you know, sometimes you just got to take things as they are you know everybody's different you can't please everybody right yeah well like I said I implore questions I I remember when I was at the beginning and I had questions um I was too proud to ask and so right. I learned the hard way and I learned the really long way instead of asking <laughs> questions I 
eventually found it out myself, but how much more work did I have to do? There's two things that could come with that. One, you can learn a lot more in that experience. But like I said, it takes a lot longer. So I prefer people to ask me questions. I'm all about yeah. that. So. Yep. <laughs> Get comfortable exactly. with what you're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, it still, even to this day, you know, it's, you know, sometimes being a woman too, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, try not to second guess yourself, but always remember, you know, to ask for help too, you know, because mm-hmm. like, there's still a lot of things that I don't know. I'm still new to this, really. You know, I mean, having really only done this for 2015 for four and a half years, that's really not a long time compared to some, you know, some of these other Sure. People. And that's double me. So I'm like twice behind <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes, and, you know, not saying that, you know, I'm like, you know, a, a popular figure or anything, you know, it might be trending that way, but, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, try to, uh, not really try to, but like, I'll overthink things, be like, oh man, people are going to have all these expectations of me and everything. And, you know, I'll get down on myself and then be like, wait a minute, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get some more confidence, girl. You are, you are one of the ones up there that, um, that post, um, the other day in KBF, somebody asked, they said, I have a young daughter and they said, I want to know people to follow. And like, you're in my name came up and I was, I was like telling my boyfriend, I was almost in tears. I was just like, I can't believe people look at me as someone to, to like learn from like that feels so good, you know? So have yeah. that confidence because you're definitely yeah. you're definitely one of those ones. And and I took that as a positive, like I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do things. People are like, why does she fish that way? That is not how you fish or um, that's not even how you kayak, like whatever it might be. There's there's a million things I'm going to do wrong. Um, but if I can help give one person a little bit more confidence in themselves. that So this next year, all I was getting is that I'm going to start a YouTube channel, I think. Awesome. I'm terrible. I'm terrified. I, me on, me on camera is like, I'm just so not graceful, but I think that's just going to be part of my spiel, you know? Um, so I just want to, I, like I said, if I can help one person be a little bit more confident and comfortable with themselves, and then that's just something else. That's just another thing I can put in my book of things I've done. I had a YouTube channel and tried to teach people how to fish. So I, I think that's great. And I, I, applaud you for everything that you're doing and this podcast and you're really getting out there. I'm so proud of you. Like I said, I'm so happy I met you in March. That was like one of my highlights of that whole trip. So for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely have to hang out a bit more too at this one because like I felt like I hardly had any time to talk to anybody there because it, it, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, I'm going to be down there for a week. So yeah. and uh I know I'm going to be staying with a couple of other ladies. So um, like Mel, Mel Isaacs. Uh, I think you're staying with Catherine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. We're staying in a place. So yeah, we'll definitely have to have uh, some uh, bonfires and hangouts. Yeah. So I will come I over can... for a beer too. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to. That is something I really want to work on next year is just getting to know some of these lady anglers more, you know, and just you know, reaching out there, um, encouraging others and just learning more too. Totally agree. So, right yep. there with you. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's see here. What else haven't I asked you yet? Um, what is, um, how was this asked to me? And I couldn't think of a, a, 
an answer, but uh, what's the most interesting or unique situation you've ever had happen to you while kayak fishing, whether it be with like another angler or like an animal or just fishing in general or? <laughs> um, I watched a sheep give birth one time. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. It was really cool. The little lamb was so cute. <laughs> Trying out and there's blood everywhere. It was really weird. Um, no, it was actually a really cool experience. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything like too crazy. Uh, I've almost been hit by a water skier. He probably got a foot from the tip, the front of my boat. Um, yeah, boats out here are crazy. I, they are everywhere. Um, I'm trying to think if there's... I've been pretty lucky. I'll be honest with you. Like I haven't had too many crazy instances happen on the water. I caught somebody's wallet one time. <laughs> and other than that, like I seriously, everything's been boring, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> so in Louisiana, I ran and pedaled from a alligator, uh, alligator, right? Croc no, yeah, <laughs> pedaled as fast as I could from an alligator and pointed it out to all my friends. And it was a, it was, a, it was a branch the entire time. Like <laughs> <laughs> seriously, that's how boring I am. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of upset that I didn't get to see an alligator when I was down in Louisiana. Yeah. I was actually, but I'm pretty certain that I went over one that was just, you know, down at the bottom. Sure. Cause there was one time when I was going and all of a sudden there's this, just this weird shape. And then like a, the back part of it tapered off. And I was like, that's an alligator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, got more, alligator. <laughs> I got way more comfortable with it after I was on the water for more than one day, because I was just like, they clearly want nothing to do with us or they'd be hanging right. out. But yeah, that was definitely one of my fears. I was like, I'm putting my gun on the boat. Like, <laughs> I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> no. Right. no, it was fine. It was way more tame than I thought it would be. So, but yeah, now, like I said, I don't really have any like crazy experiences, which is like I said, has been, I, I will take that and hopefully it stays that way for a while. So yeah. <laughs> what about nice. you? Let's hear your craziest one. Um, well, one of my craziest ones uh, was actually this year. And, um, I was at this lake up in Manaqua, Wisconsin, and I had to portage my kayak, um, about three quarters of a mile to get to this little lake. And, uh, all day I was catching just smallmouth, and it was amazing. I was having a heck of a time. I was using the jerk bait and, uh, I had my last fish on, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I was getting towards the end of the day. I'm like, you know, I'm going to catch a couple more and call it quits. And I had the last fish and I'd reach down to lip them cause I didn't have my grips with me. I don't usually like using, using grips for smallies or whatnot. Sure. And, um, of course, you know, small mouth, they don't like to stay still for a second. <laughs> right. And I had reached down with my right hand and the jerk bait was kind of like on top of its head and it flinched really hard. And I felt, you know, the sharp prick of like the hooks and I knew right away what happened. And I was like, 
son of a bee. <laughs> so I looked down at my hand and sure enough, I had an embedded hook, like almost in like one of the bottom joints of my fingers. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so I got the fish off of the hook, threw it in the water and I'm sitting there in my kayak and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? So YouTube. I, <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> well, yeah, I actually kind of looked on YouTube, you know, but the thing was is I'm right-handed and it was embedded in the bottom part of my ring ring finger and you know, it was a it was a jerk bait, so there were three sets of treble hooks on there, right? So, A, I didn't have a split ring plier on me. So I didn't have any way to like remove them and trying to do stuff with my left hand with, you know, a lure in my other hand, trying to do that. I was like, man, I am screwed. <laughs> oh, so, so I got out to shore and there was a couple other people out there and I went around asking, I was like, Hey, does anybody have like, you know, really sharp cutters or like a, a split ring plier? And, you know, everybody had pliers, but nothing that would really work. So I'm sure. just like, Damn it. <laughs> so I had called a friend of mine who lives in the area and I was like, hey, I need some help. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I got an embedded hook in my finger and, you know, I can't really get it out on my own because, you know, I'm out here and whatnot. And he's like, okay. And so I'm waiting for him. And um, I thought, well, maybe I could try and just push it out. Yeah, no, that wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> like a band-aid. <laughs> it around a little bit and I was like mm, nope I mean I can handle pain pretty well and it didn't hurt while it was just sitting there and it didn't bleed so I'm just like it was more awkward than anything and so my buddy came out and uh he he had these huge um like um oh um bolt cutters, they can, yeah, bolt cutters. okay <laughs> cutters. and I'm like Jesus dude you're missing around <laughs> The worst part was actually him cutting it off because the way he had to have the angle of the cutters on my finger, like actually pushed it kind of in my finger a little bit. Mm. But after that, then it was smooth sailing. And um, he's actually a, is he like a, he's like some kind of eye doctor. So he had um, some, um, oh, what's the numbing stuff called? Uh, oh, lidocaine or something like that. <laughs> And so he just, he's like, well, I'm going to numb you up just because I want to make sure that it's not caught on a tendon or anything like that. And I was like, all right, that's cool. So <laughs> numb me up and, you know, we're moving around. He's like, all right, well, I'm just going to pull it out. I was like, go for it. And boop, got it right out. <laughs> wow. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the experience. And oh, um, needless to say, ever since then, I'll always have a pair of uh, split ring pliers in my kayak. <laughs> yeah, that's. Something I should probably put in mind too. I always think, oh, I'll never get a hook in me. And I, I mean, I've, I've bled before, but never really stuck myself. Yep. So, yep. And then, <laughs> and then, um, actually, uh, when was this? This was, gosh, I think it was sometime in September. The, uh, KBL championship was, uh, going on and, um, I'd caught a muskie on a plopper, you know, of course I didn't have fish grips with me. And I mean, the back hook is embedded in the roof of the mouth of this oh, muskie. No. So I was like, oh man, this is going to be tough. So I've got my left hand underneath the gill of it, the gill plate, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm trying to get my pliers to get it out and it flinched 
And man, that sucker dug his teeth into me pretty deep. I think I remember <laughs> seeing that picture. Did you post something about that? No. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, that, that bled for quite a while. And I was like, eh. but I was just like, I mean, what's what's a prompt care going to do? They're probably just going to be like, well, you might need a stitch on that, maybe. But I was just like, I'm going to dip it up and like super glue it and be fine. So. Tough check, you. <laughs> so, we yeah. we learn to accommodate the uh, situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I um I actually uh, had to use uh, my first aid kit not just on myself but uh, on another angler. Uh, gosh, this was a couple years ago. Um, uh, KBL angler Sean Wood. Uh, we were at Yellowstone Lake in Wisconsin, and he had gotten a um like a crankbait stuck in a tree and he went to pull it out and it came back and it nailed him like right in the face. And so like, he was like dripping blood from his face. I'm like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> like, yeah, man, I just, I got my, this lure came back and hit me in the face. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, dude, I got a first aid kit. He's like, oh good. So like, I got some stuff out and everything, you know, and he, he had one of those ridiculous big bandits like right over his like eyebrows. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, head wounds are nothing to mess around with. All these don't stop bleeding ever. That's too funny. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What else have I had? Um, even before I got started in uh, kayak fishing, I um, I caught a um, was it a bluegill or was it a cat? No, it was a bluegill. And it had finned me really good in my pinky finger. And of course, you know, I didn't think anything of it at the time. Well, about a month later, I started developing like this weird bump in my finger. And I was like, what is this? So, like something weird's going on. And like it would kind of roll around. It wouldn't hurt, but it would just be there. So I went like to the doctor. They're like, yeah, you've got like a foreign mask growing in your finger. I was like, what? And they're like, oh, you know, well, we can go in and take it out. And uh, so they went and just cut the little mass out and once they like kind of filtered through the like fatty tissue they're like huh it looks like a weird clear thing and I was like hey that's a fish fin probably <laughs> <laughs> totally broke off in your finger oh that's funny who would have thought so oh that's too funny <laughs> oh man Goodness. never a tall grade though I that's for sure <laughs> Oh, that's awesome though. Gotta love yeah. it. It's good times. Well, do you ever have to worry about like rattlesnakes and stuff like that? Uh, we do have rattlesnakes. I've never seen one on the water. I actually don't know much. Um, I've never seen one in Utah. So, but we do have them here, mostly up in the mountains and our lakes aren't typically up there. Not the bass lakes. Trout. We do have a lot of trout lakes up there, but, um, uh, no, we got a bunch of gopher snakes. I am terrified of snakes. Honestly, any like rep reptile, I want nothing to do with. But uh, I kind of wanted to get a picture of this gopher snake going across the water one time. And I kind of started pedaling towards it. And it stopped and turned and looked at me and then started slithering my way. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, we don't, there's not too much... Um, I think they're muskrats. Those guys get a little curious of our baits and stuff. Um, we do have beavers here. Those guys are not the nicest. Um, 
yeah. We don't typically have too much other than that. Um, lots of birds that are curious about our lures and stuff too. So yeah, that's nice. about it. Really. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've scared the crap out of a beaver before, um, cause at Banner, you know, they're out there too. And, uh, you know, they'll come out, you know, uh, at dusk and I was out there fishing, uh, a beaver hut and a uh, beaver comes up, but his head was faced the other way. So he didn't even know that I was, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man. So like I had cast out a frog and I was like, Oh man, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> So like he's just upset around and then he turns around and he sees me and then he just goes under and slaps his tail down. Oh yeah. It's so loud too, man. They're so powerful with those tails. Yeah, they are. That's too funny. Yeah, I've 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 pissed off a beaver too in my time. Uh yeah. <laughs> they kind of scare me, I won't lie. <laughs> I don't know what their intentions are. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> Right. That's too funny. Yeah. Every now and then I'll see um when I've gone to Imaquan, um, I'll see river otters out there too. So that's oh, pretty okay. Yeah, they're cute. Um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I saw some of those out in California. I, we don't I don't think we have them here, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure we don't have any otters here, but yeah, I saw some out in California. They were fun watching them play around. So oh yes, Delta, California. So the Delta is this um, weaving river system that comes and filters out to the ocean. And um, so sea lions, those guys are jerks. <laughs> I thought they were the cutest things. Um, one literally chased me at the Delta. I totally forgot about that. And then my, my buddy Shane had this little like sun dolphin sit-in kayak. This thing probably weighed like, 30 pounds and that's what he fished out of out there and one chased him literally out of the water he calls me he's like can you come get me I'm on a rock pile in the sea the sea lion won't let me back to my kayak <laughs> and they're huge like they're not like cute little animals they're huge things and I feel like yeah they're not very nice <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> the Californians might say something different but man oh man yeah and then we'd go out, you know, at dark too. And you hear these things like they'll come out of the water and they kind of the growl or chuff or blow water out of their noses. So you hear it around you, but you can't see anything because it's too dark. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That'd be kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I I think I'd rather deal with a sea lion over an alligator though. That was upset. So <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was probably the closest experience to an animal I've had is definitely the sea lion. Now that I think about it, but <laughs> that's funny. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> well, uh, besides the uh, national championship uh, in uh, the end of March and beginning of April, what uh, what else are you most looking forward to next year? Oh boy. Um, I'm excited to do our second annual intro to kayak fishing and get some more people involved. Um, that was a really good event for us this year. We had over a hundred people show up. Um, my, I had a sponsor, uh, Idaho river sports. They're, they're great. They're up in Boise. I just moved even further South. So I probably won't stay with them. I can't really commit to helping them out. They're four or five hours away now, but, um, uh, 
they donated a kayak for the event. So we got to give one away to somebody who, you know, had never really kayaked before. Um, I'm really excited to do that again. And uh, the Hobie series, I want to get a couple, I know they're going to the Delta. So sea lions, here I come. And so I, I definitely <laughs> want to, I didn't get to fish any of the Hobie this year. And, and um, man, I, I, it looks like it's such a well-run um, tournament series. And I'm really, really excited to take part in some of those. Um, I'm really stoked for our biggest event next year, which will be the KBF trail event at, at San Hollow. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping we can get some California people over, maybe some up from Arizona, Nevada, Colorado. Um, I want it to be our biggest turnout. I think our biggest turnout so far is 44 people, which is fantastic for a club that's been alive for two seasons, I think. So phenomenal. <laughs> we got some work to do, but we'll get there. So I'm right. definitely excited for those. Um, so many clubs seem to have popped up recently. I honestly had to stop reading about them because I was getting like confused as to who was who and what's going where. And like people are complaining about payouts here and there. And I'm just like, I'm going to fish whatever's closest to me and whatever sounds like fun, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm definitely excited to do some more traveling. Like I said, with my, uh, with my, my boyfriend, I gained two awesome kids as well. And and traveling with them this year was a lot of fun. I'm excited to do some more of that and show him a little bit more of the U.S. And um, he, Brian's been like my biggest support. He's really helping out with KFU and stuff. So that really excites me of traveling with them and getting to see more places, make it more of a vacation than uh, I got to go here. I've got to pre-fish. I've got to win. Like now it's more of a relax. Let's have fun with this. So oh. that's what I'm excited for. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, I know. I've, I've definitely got a lot of work uh, this winter to uh, kind of figure out uh, what events I'm going to commit to, um, you know, between Hobie and local clubs and KBF. And it's just... Right. I agree with you. It's just like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, there used to be like a handful of clubs. And then now it's just like, you know, you've got this club in this state and you've got six clubs in this state. And then you've got <laughs> and KBF, you're like, man, but like, you know, people can complain and complain, you know, all day about payouts and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, look at the opportunities we have now. Yes, you know? absolutely. I mean, and, and not just physical tournaments, but online tournaments, you know, mm -hmm. if somebody just wants to fish for fun for a month for a KBF tournament, go for it. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's why they're there. You know, I mean, there, there are the tournaments, you know, for those who are going to make a career out of it, you know, that's great. And then, you mm -hmm. know, we, we can't, we can't ignore the average Joe or, you know, yeah. the, the beginner, you know, yeah. everybody, you know, has to get in here somehow. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just about giving everybody a platform and an opportunity. Like you said, uh, I think the, the monthly online, we, we do multi-species online tournaments for monthlies. And, um, I think that's, that's perfect for people who are afraid to use a hog trough in a live series or they're afraid to embarrass themselves. They have a whole month to figure something out and like, you know, they could even say, oh, I just never had a chance to go fishing if they want. It doesn't really matter. You know, there's, there's no embarrassment there at that point. And so I think that's a good way for people to get over that hump or, you know, maybe they're not close enough to a, a trail series or, a, you know, whatever. So they can do the monthly. I, I do really enjoy that aspect of it. It's not something that I participate in too much. Um, but I think it's I think it's perfect. Like you said, you have to cater to everybody at that point. So. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Lots of uh, awesome things to look forward to. So yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you have anything else that you want to add for us today? No, not necessarily. Um, check out Maniac Custom Lures. Um, my buddy Shoot Fish Life, uh, Joe Randall, he's got a great uh, YouTube channel out there, Catherine Field. She's got a phenomenal YouTube channel for any woman who's looking to uh, to get over some of their fears. This girl just lays it out all on the line, and I love it. Um, she's she's fearless, and and she may say she's not, but that girl is, is definitely a a powerhouse with her dinks that <laughs> she always catches. <laughs> she yes. doesn't even care. She's just out there doing it. I love it. Um, you know, if you know anybody in the Utah area, send them our way. We're open arms. We're, we're competitive. We're not competitive. We're a family. We're, we're everything. We've got, we've got a wide variety of people and we are open to, you know, getting, if you have questions, just ask. It's been, it's been a blast. And I just want to keep moving forward with this, with this path and touch as many one want to be kayak anglers as possible. So. <laughs> awesome. Some good deal. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, give those uh, different um, uh, venues a look out there. We'll uh, have some links posted in our uh, podcast description and uh, our YouTube page and uh, Facebook post. Uh, we'll have those links on there for you as well. And uh, otherwise, uh, we'll uh, sign off for now. Erin, thank you again so much uh, for being my epic guest tonight. Thank you. And Everybody else who's out there listening, um, have a good night. We'll talk at you soon. This is Bucky Buckstabber, founder and executive director of the Fly Fishing Collaborative. At the Fly Fishing Collaborative, also known as FFC, we mobilize the fly fishing community, outdoor enthusiasts, and people of goodwill everywhere to create sustainable solutions to poverty and human trafficking. We have many different initiatives to accomplish this goal, but our primary focus is building organic and environmentally friendly aquaponics farms for communities suffering from trafficking because of a lack of resource. If you're interested in funneling your passion for the outdoors to benefit those that need help the most, then visit flyfishingcollaborative.org. Josiah Pleasant, Executive Director of Agathos Village here to specifically invite you to positively impact the vulnerable in Juneau, Alaska in partnership with FFC. Bucky and I have been blessed to be a part of Transformational Impact Abroad and are stoked to bring our lessons learned home to serve the marginalized. If it breaks your heart to know that the vulnerable are literally left out in the cold, don't have community, a home, or healthy food, join us to make a tangible impact by donating or making plans to volunteer with us. You can donate at www.flyfishingcollaborative.org and write Alaska in the notes to help us help others. Do you love our podcast and want to help support us even more? Well, now you can. You can simply go to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, fin. Or you can also go to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, fin. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Also check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. 
If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.